Lord, that your presence has walked in and met us in this place. Oh, the sweet presence of the Lord is here, and for that we rejoice today. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, it's my privilege and honor to be with you guys once again this Sunday and break the bread of life. And I believe the Lord has a really timely message for us today. And so I encourage you, get settled in your seat, get ready for what the Lord would have to say to you today. And before I start, let me just make a comment on the obvious. So much has changed over the last few months, amen? The way that we do church in a socially distanced way with our masks on, taking all the precautions we can. But I'm encouraged that none of that stops the presence of the Lord from coming into this place. Amen. Oh, so much has changed. And for those of us that have shifted to a work from home situation during this pandemic, I know that that's a little different for some. For me, now that I'm working from home, I've had to find a different way to keep my finger on the pulse of the happenings in the world. It used to be that I had a standing appointment at the water cooler at work <laughs> to catch up on the more exciting news of the world. The latest celebrity breakup, the important things that were on TV the night before, the latest beauty products that I should be trying don't judge me, guys. <laughs> that was an important source of information for me. But in this new reality that we're in, I've had to resort to other sources. So my morning ritual has changed. So every morning when I get up after I read my Bible, I start with the mature news. Okay, I start there first. I turn on the radio and I listen to 1010 Winds. Now, they say that with 20 minutes, they can give me the world, so that's what I give them. I give them 20 minutes. <laughs> and then after that, I open up the news app in my phone, and it gives me headlines from several major newspapers, liberal and conservative. I get the domestic news. I see what's happening worldwide, and it gives me a good picture of what's happening in the world. And then I move on to the juicy stuff. <laughs> I open up Facebook and I scan real quick and I see how busy some people have been and I'm not looking at anyone. <laughs> and then I open up Twitter and that's my last stop and I check to see what's trending for the day. And so this past Monday, I was shocked to see that out of the list of things that was trending, the phrase, but the Lord was trending. And I was shocked as I scrolled and I continued to swipe and see that several thousand people were sharing their favorite but the Lord Bible verses. They're sh they were sharing their favorite but the Lord experiences. Oh, and I love those words because they often introduce the compassionate intervention of God in the midst of very difficult situations. Come on, I want you to recall the times that you've heard it. We were once lost, but God found us. Oh, we were once blind, but God restored our vision. Oh, and my personal favorite, there was no way, but God made a way. Come on, say amen if you can. 
Oh, I've had a few of those but God moments. And I love that phrase because good news always follows after someone says, but God, as the impossible suddenly becomes possible. Oh, we were once dead in our sin, but God made us alive. We were once captive by Satan, but God made us free. Oh, so you can imagine my delight as I saw this topic trending on Twitter, and it gave me the theme for today's sermon. And so if you have your notebook, I want you to write this down. Today, we're going to be talking under the topic, but God. But God. And as I continued to swipe up on Monday and read what people were sharing, one particular but God phrase caught my attention. And that's found in Psalm 73, verses 25 through 26. Psalm 73, verses 25 and 26. And the word of the Lord reads as such. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Oh, let me read that last verse one more time. I don't know about you. I've been here several times in my life. My, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Now, when we hear mention of a the failing flesh and a failing heart here, we get the idea that the psalmist was at a low place. The psalmist was overwhelmed and exhausted and drained so much that the deepest part of themselves was not functioning. Something inside of them was not right. Oh, and even in the midst of that, the psalmist makes a powerful declaration that nothing on earth is what he desires besides God. And although his strength was failing, God was the bedrock of his heart and it should be ours today, church. Oh, because I believe when we're overwhelmed with distress, when life's circumstances have us tired, when temptation is calling our name, when injustice prevails around us, it's the Lord that supports, it's the Lord that sustains, it's the Lord that strengthens the body and soul of his people. Oh, it's the Lord that's our portion forever. He's the source of our sustenance. He's the source of our strength. Not wealth, not power, not position, not your BFF, but God and God alone. So we have to be careful what we allow to satisfy us, what we allow to complete us, because what fills us makes a difference oh it's like these balloons beloved on the outside they're all the same size uh, they're all the same shape uh, they were made by the same manufacturer so why is it that some rise while others fall 
See, what's inside them matters. See, the balloon in and of itself is inert and incapable of doing anything. The only reason that it floats is because the helium gas that's inside of it allows it to rise above the air around it. It is lighter than what's around it. So it's what's inside of it that lifts it above the other balloons. See, I want you to know that when we allow God to be our portion, when we allow God to be our strength, it won't matter what's around us because when his spirit is inside of us, it'll lift us up above the adversity. It'll lift us up beyond the challenges. It'll lift us up beyond the crises and bring us closer to the master. Oh, but to get there, We need to constantly seek that infilling of the Holy Spirit. See, helium-filled balloons will only rise but for so long on their own. And if you and I stop coming into fellowship with God, if we stop looking to him to fill us when things get difficult, we will sink back down without the spiritual strength we need to rise His spirit needs to fill you. He needs to satisfy you. He needs to be your strength. Because what happens is when we sink down like these balloons, when we find ourselves in low places, the wind can come and toss us around. The circumstances of life can come toss us around. The naysayers can come toss us around. And we end up going lower than where we should be. We end up going places where God never intended us to be oh it has to be God that has to be our strength because when we're filled with his power when we're filled with his authority when he is our sustenance we can rise above the adversities when others sink but God oh it may be bad but God Oh, you may be facing a challenging, difficult situation, but God. Oh, when you allow him to be your strength and your sustenance, you will rise in the name of Jesus. And as we look through the pages of scripture to see who really lived this out, I came up with three names that I'd, I'd like to talk to you about over the next few moments. Three women who had their own but God moments, who rise, who rose above the adversity of their lives into victory. Oh, because I believe that the more challenging the circumstances you're facing, the better poised you are for a but God intervention. Come on. When things get really bad, that's when you're a candidate for breakthrough. That's when you're a candidate for the miraculous. That's when you're a candidate for a but God intervention. And so first on our journey... We start with the story of a prostitute named Rahab, which tells us that we become candidates for a but God intervention when we've been judged by society. 
Oh, when you've been judged by society, you are a candidate for a but God intervention. We find the story of Rahab in Joshua 2, verses 9 through 13. If you're not familiar with her story, I encourage you to go home and study it. It's incredible what God did in and through this woman. And the Bible tells us that she's a prostitute, a presumed trap for the spies that Joshua had sent in to scope out the land. And that's strike one against her. She was a prostitute. Secondly, she was unwed and had no children at a time when women's role was to procreate, was to uh, mother children. She had none. And so that strike two against her. Plus, she was an Amorite. She was a foreigner and her people worshipped other gods. Oh, that's strike three against her. And so here you have this woman with a negative reputation who was certainly not popular. People, I'm sure, knew about her. People were talking about her. She had been judged by the people around her. And because of all of these things, she literally lived on the edge of society. The Bible tells us that her home was in the walls of the city of ancient Jericho. So if anyone attacked the city, guess who was going first? Oh, but God. Ooh, but God saved her while the rest of her people were killed during Joshua's invasion in the city. Why? Because when the time was right, she chose God. See, it was Rahab, not Joshua's spies, who confessed her faith in the Lord. Her faith was bigger than what people said about her. Which opened the door for God to do the miraculous. And this unwed foreign prostitute, out of more than 180 women named in the scriptures, she's one of the very few that was mentioned as being part of Jesus' lineage. What an honor! Ooh. So while the world called her prostitute, while the world called her dirty, while the world called her sinful, God called her daughter. Oh, see, when society judges you, you're a prime candidate for a but God intervention because the world judges what's on the outside, but God sees the potential inside. Oh, I don't know what names they've called you. Oh, what horrible things they've said about the way you live. Today, God wants to replace those names with new ones. He wants to call you redeemed. He wants to call you restored. He wants to call you forgiven. He wants to call you born again. And most importantly, he wants to call you his. His son, his daughter, a valuable treasure in his eyes. But God, 
Now we go from the story of a prostitute to the story of a slave. The slave Hagar. Which tells us that we become candidates for a but God intervention when we've been used and abused. Mm. See, Hagar was an Egyptian slave and a handmaiden to Abraham and Sarah. We find her story in Genesis 16 and in Genesis 21. And we see that God had made a promise to Abraham and Sarah to have a great many children. But when that promise didn't materialize, they took matters into their own hands and they used Hagar to conceive a son for them. Now, given the power dynamics at play, beloved, we cannot assume that this was consensual. And although they used Hagar as a surrogate when Sarah was, was unable to conceive, if you look at the scriptures closely, despite all that she did for them, they never once called her by name. Take a look at the scriptures, you won't find it. She was used and abused, and they couldn't even speak her name. And once she has a child, she and Sarah begin to clash. And so she goes out into the wilderness to flee, to escape the abuse. But God sees her in her pain. See, in the desert, an angel of the Lord appears to her and calls her by name. And so she calls the Lord El-Rohi, the God who sees. Oh, God sees you. Oh, although you've been used, you've been abused, you've been taken advantage of, God sees you. And he saw this woman, this socially marginalized woman, this woman who was used and abused by the people in power and then cast to the side. This woman found intimacy with God in a powerful way. Beloved, I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to continue to be a slave to your past. Oh, people may have abused you, but God will restore you. People may have alienated you, but God will bring you back home to him. People may have taken advantage of you and tossed you to the side, but God wants to take you in as one of his own. Oh, because when you have nothing else, God is right there waiting to become your everything. But God. So on our journey, we looked at the but God experience of the prostitute. We looked at the but God experience of the slave. And now we're going to look at the but God experience of the orphan, Esther. Oh, her story tells us that we can become candidates for a but God intervention when we feel powerless. 
See, Esther was a Jewish orphan, forcibly taken with the other virgins in her land. The king had gotten rid of the previous queen and was on the lookout for another queen. So he went in and scooped up all the virgins in the land. And Esther was amongst that group. And although we romanticize the story, it's a nice story, we need to understand that she was actually caught up in the modern-day equivalent of human trafficking. She didn't choose to go. She was taken. And so this orphan was powerless on multiple levels. First, she was a woman at a time when women didn't have a lot of power. And then she was a Jew in the Persian Empire. She even had to change her identity to conceal who she was. But God. Oh, this woman, as we read her story, who was once powerless, emerges as a commanding and influential heroine. She understood what was at stake. It was more than her personal dignity. It was more than her survival. But the fate of her entire people rested upon her. And although she was powerless with no one to rescue her, when she was filled with the strength of God, she sacrificed herself to give a voice to the voiceless. And she was able to save her entire people from genocide. But God... And it's curious to note that as you read the book of Esther, I want you to know that you don't see the name of God mentioned once. You do not see God mentioned not one time. But we know that God's hand was at work behind the scenes, strengthening her and giving her wisdom and giving her the courage to free her people. Oh, maybe you feel like an orphan today. Maybe you've been forced into situations uh, without having anyone to defend you. But I want you to know that God is a defender of the vulnerable. He is a father to the fatherless. Oh, Deuteronomy 10, 18 says this. He ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. I don't know how long you've been praying for justice. I don't know how long you've been yearning for justice. But God says that he ensures that the orphans and the widows receive justice. He sees you. He will meet you in your place of pain and justice will be yours. But God. But God. And so here we see the story of three women with three powerful but God situations. And although this was not an exhaustive list of the but God interventions, these are three that encouraged me this week and I hope spoke to you today. And yes. There are plenty of but God moments for you men as well. Hallelujah. (laughs) 
these are the ones that spoke to me this week. So if you can relate to any one of these stories, the good news is that all of us are candidates for but God interventions. That 180 degree turn that can reroute us from hopelessness to happiness. That course correction that moves us off of the path of destruction and into the construction of a whole new future in him. Oh, these stories remind us that our circumstances do not get the last word. These stories remind us that the enemy does not get the last word. That death and disease do not get the last word. That those people that try to label you and use you and put you down do not get the last word. Whether you've been called whatever it is, God has the last word. Hallelujah. But God, oh, it may look hopeless. It may look like things are not going to change, but God is waiting to swoop in and turn things around for you. If you would just continue to hold on to him, if you would continue to make him your strength, make him your portion today, make him your sustenance, the thing that fills you. Oh my goodness, he's going to help you rise above the adversity. Oh, because no matter how dire the circumstances, no matter how tired you may feel today, when we're filled with the power of the living God, there is always, there is always a but God that will change the trajectory of our lives, that will come in and change the situation in your favor. God is waiting. God is waiting to turn things around, but you need to allow him to fill you today. Oh, remember when he's inside of you, he'll lift you up. When you're filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and grounded in the word of God, there's nothing that you can't face. Oh, because we can do all things uh, in Christ who strengthens us. Come on, how many believe that today? Uh, Oh, allow God to be your strength today. Allow him to be your portion. Allow him to be your defender. Allow him to be the thing that you crave, the thing that you yearn for, and he will lift you up today. Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. 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 Oh God, our flesh and our heart may fail, but you are the strength of our heart. You are our portion forever. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come before you today declaring, Lord, 
that you are our strength. You are our portion forever. And we invite you, Spirit of the living God, to enter into our hearts today afresh, Lord. Fill us up with your presence, my God, that we can rise above the adversity, that we can rise above the challenges, that we can rise above the crisis for your glory and honor. We thank you, my God, that even in the midst of the storm, we are all candidates for a but God intervention. And if you did it for the prostitute, and if you did it for the slave, and if you did it for the orphan, surely you'll do it for us today. So we thank you in advance for turning things around. We thank you in advance for breakthrough. We thank you in advance for the blessing, my God. Oh, for you are not a God that lies. So we glorify you. We magnify you for you are bigger than our problems. And we declare, Lord, you are our strength. And it's in you that we will find victory. So we declare this today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said, Amen and Amen. You will rise. You will rise if you allow the Lord to be your strength today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. You will rise.